Welcome to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. Okay, let's let's get into the Word and and see what the Lord has for us this morning. Let's pray. Let's get, let's get started. My mic is a little bit low, so let's see. Father, thank you because I'm anointed to teach. Thank you because your people are anointed to receive. And together, faith is built up in the knowledge of the person of Jesus. I pray that light and understanding will come forth in and through your word. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. We've been talking about, in the last couple of Days in terms of Sunday meetings, we've been talking about setting spiritual disciplines. Okay, not 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 so high, not deep things in that sense, but setting spiritual disciplines that can help us get the best out of our relationship with God. I, I'd like to start this morning by saying that first of all. Christianity is not a religion. It's not, it's not, you know, it's not like if you're not a Muslim, then you're a Christian. Or if you're not an idol worshiper, then you're a Christian. No. This is a life that God has called us to live. It is not just uh, one of the things we do. Are, are you following this? It's not like you know, on Sunday, I have to go to church. And so, you come to church. And the other days, uh, well, I can live my life the way I want it. That's not, the, that's, not, that's not what a Christian is. A Christian is a man who has received the Lord Jesus Christ into his life, has accepted the, the finished work of Christ, and has made up his mind to live by what? The dictates of the kingdom. Praise God. And, and that becomes your culture. That becomes your way of life. That becomes how you see things. Praise God. Now, I, I want to look at something this morning. I, I call it basic hindrances to prayer. Basic hindrances to prayers. And I want us to observe the word basic. Because I'm not looking at some deep revelation. You know, many, many believers, and we talked about this last Sunday, right? That we have to be taught how to pray. That we have to be taught how to pray. I, I want us to go to John chapter 16. Thank you, Lord. John chapter 16 and verse... Let's look at verse 23. Go with me to John chapter 16 and verse 23. And let's, let's spend some time here. Where is my John? John, <laughs> John 16. I still like the hard copy Bible. I know technology is faster, but there's something about these printed pages. Praying the Lord to deliver me from. John chapter 16 and verse 23. 
Look at this. In that day, what day was he talking about here? He was talking about after his resurrection. After he has gone to the cross. That, that's the day he was talking about. Referring to the season after he has gone to the cross. Now, you must understand this. That the resurrection of Jesus is one of the biggest things that have ever happened to us as Christians. Because the fact that Jesus rose from the dead qualifies us for a lot of things. Many times we have not understood the, the enormity, the importance of the resurrection of Jesus. He said, in that day, you will not question me about anything. Truly, truly, or verily, verily, I say to you, if you ask the Father for anything in my name, he will give it to you. Now, when he says, if you ask the Father for anything in my name, he will give it to you. Why was he saying that? Why was Jesus specific about his name? Because after Jesus had gone to the cross, God was going to give him an all-conquering name. Are you following this now? Let, let me give you an example. Uh, what kind of example can I use now? It's, it's, it, okay, fine. This is perfect. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Let's say we had elections, presidential elections, okay? Between two candidates, okay? Let me not use, let me use uh, uh, American elections. So I won't cause trouble in church this morning. So let's say there were two elections between Mr. Joe Biden and Donald Trump, Mr. Donald Trump, right? Now, let's assume that Mr. Donald Trump was not the president before. So let's assume there were just two normal candidates. Okay? Now, both of them, their name would really not, not mean anything in that sense. Because you cannot go, to, for instance, to... Let, let me come back. Let me use our country. Let's say there was an election between Mr. Wolowo all right? And Mr. John. Now, before that time, if you go anywhere and say, well, Mr. Wallowa sent me, he will probably not move anything. Why? Because although his name is Mr. Wallowa, there's no authority behind that name. Uh, are you following this now? While Jesus was on earth, he was the Son of God. But there was no authority behind his name. So before Jesus went to the cross and resurrected, you could not pray to the Father in the name of Jesus. Now, after the elections, Mr. John now won the elections. So he becomes Mr. John. The, this is an example, please. The, <laughs> the what's it called now? The president, no, there's a way they write it. His Excellency Mr. John, the president of the Federal Republic of Nigeria. Yeah, that's, what, that's the phrase I'm looking for. So it says, Mr. John, this is an example. <laughs> the president of the Federal Republic of Nigeria. Now, when you now go to, to the office, even if he was sworn in today, and you go to the office uh, tomorrow morning, and you say, well, I was sent by Mr. John, or you can even say, I was sent by Mr. President. What has happened to his name? 
authority has come on his name. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And that's what happened. When Jesus went to the cross and resurrected the authority, the all-conquering authority, which means that the, the authority that was vested on Mr. John because he won the elections, the power behind the presidential office is now vested on his name. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now, that name, Mr. John, who is now the president of the country, is an all-conquering name because he won an election. He didn't just become the president by selection. He won the, the presidency by election. We're, we're, putting, we're, 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 we're giving this example in a normal society. Are you following what I'm saying? So, so you would hear the word like uh, he was elected into office or he's the constituted president of the country, which means that he is backed up by the constitution. He's backed up by the law of the country. Are you, are you following what I'm saying? Now, I'll go back a bit to the, to, the, to the American elections, okay? Now, when you had all of those drama coming up and all that, you, you heard the, some of the head of the military talking about the fact that they were uh, they were uh, they, they, they had commitment and allegiance to the United States or to the Constitution of the United States or preserving the Constitution of the United States. Now, what happened is this. When, when Jesus went to the cross and he defeated Satan, the Bible says that he made an open show of principalities and powers. And after that, God exalted him and gave him a name that is above every other name. Listen to this. That at the name of Jesus, every knee must bow. So, Jesus now says, if you ask the Father for anything in my name, he will give it to you. Now, l listen to this now. When we pray and we say in the name of Jesus, we are not just saying ordinary name. That's why we're not praying in the name of Gabriel Jesus. Because Gabriel Jesus is Jesus. But Gabriel Jesus of Manchester City didn't go to the cross for you. Are, are you hearing what I'm saying? We must understand this. That the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the name Jesus is like every other name that anybody would answer. It meant Joshua in the Hebrew. It meant Jesus in the Greek. But when we talk about Jesus who is our Lord and our Savior, we're talking about the one who went to the cross and defeated Satan. So when we pray and we lay hands and we say in the name of Jesus, the whole of heaven backs up that action. There's a reason I'm giving all this explanation. Many believers do not pray with the heart that their prayer would actually be answered. Praise God. People just pray out of formality. Have you prayed about it? Yeah, I pray though. And that's it. They don't understand the, F, the, 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 the power behind the name. Let's read verse 24. It says, Auntie now, you've asked, but did you understand that example? All right. So next time when you pray in the name of Jesus, you know what you're talking about. We don't pray for Jesus' namesake. Have you heard that? Some people pray that. For the sake of Jesus our Lord. Don't, don't pray that. It's for your sake in His name. <laughs> Are you hearing what I'm saying? Whatever you're asking for is for your sake. In His name. Not for His namesake. 
There are two different things. The English look close. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It is you that need whatever you are asking for in his name, not for his name's sake. Look at this. Until now, you have asked for nothing in my name. Did you see what I just explained? While Jesus was on earth, nobody prayed in his name. We must understand something about Jesus. There was, there was the Jesus that went to the cross. There was the Jesus that came after the cross. The same man, but something happened. Many people have not removed their mind from the Jesus who walked on the shores of Galilee. They still relate to him that way. Paul says, we now, we now know, even if we knew him after the flesh, we now know him not after the flesh. And so many people have not understood post-resurrection Jesus. And if you want to understand post-resurrection Jesus and understand who you are in him, you have to study the Pauline epistles. Praise God. I remember when I was in school, uh, I had some ladies around. We were talking. And that's, it was, I think it was that day I learned that not everything you know you should say to people, you find out where they are and teach them at their level. You know, I, I went to say, well, the disciples were not born again. <sighs> Boy, <laughs> these ladies almost threw me raw. And they ran, they ran away from me all through my school years. I could not share the gospel with them anymore. And since then, I know many things in the scripture, but I'm, I'm careful uh, at where people are. Because sometimes when you push truth to people who are not ready for it, you become an enemy. And it's true. The, I mean, and it was, I thought it was very simple, but it wasn't that simple to them. It was almost like I was blaspheming. I know some of you are thinking that way now, that the disciples were not born again while they were with Jesus. And it's very simple. You cannot be born again except Jesus had gone to the cross. <laughs> I hope you're not going to run away from church. But it's simple. How does a man get born again? By accepting the Lord Jesus. How can you accept the Lord Jesus when he has not gone to the cross? Let's think deeply about that now. It's not as simple as I thought to. But that's very simple. It takes the resurrection of Jesus for a man to get born again. Because you remember, a man cannot get born again if the Holy Spirit does not come on the inside of him. And the Holy Spirit didn't come on. There was a time where there are two theologists today. There was when he breathed on, on them and said, Receive the Holy Ghost. That was towards the end of his ministry. But the Holy Spirit didn't come on them until the day of Pentecost. Now, the Holy Ghost. Now, somebody say, But how can the disciples, why were they able to perform miracles? Very simple. Just like the prophets of old were able to perform miracles, the Holy Ghost came upon them. Now, there's a difference between the Holy Spirit upon and the Holy Spirit what? In. So, in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit always came upon them for mighty works. But for you to become a new creature in Christ Jesus, the Holy Spirit has to be what? In you. And the Holy Spirit cannot be in you except Jesus had gone to what? The cross. Because it says, when I go, I will send what? Another comforter. Alos Paracletos. Another of the same kind. Are we clear on that? Okay, well that was just bonus.
Alright. Verse 24. Until now you have asked for nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive so that your joy may be full. Now, why did I start with this scripture? Number one. God wants to answer our prayers. Listen. God wants your joy full. And this is very foundational. We shouldn't ap- approach prayers like God doesn't want to hear us. Or God is punishing us with unanswered prayers. Or God is trying us. Or God is testing us. God wants your joy to be full. God wants your prayers to be heard. God wants your prayers to be answered. Praise God. Let me, let me, <coughs> excuse me. Let me give you an example. Do you realize this? That if you have two children, hmm? And this is what happens to us in Christianity. If you have two children, the, the older one will find it a bit difficult to ask you things. Have you observed that? If you haven't observed that, you were like that. When you were gro- the older you got, the less you felt the confidence to meet your father for certain things. And so, like my boy will do, you would send the younger one. How many of you send, send your younger ones? <laughs> huh? You send your younger ones. Let's say, we're not even talking about a big thing. Maybe you just want to watch TV or you just want to watch something. Just say, go, go and ask daddy. Because you have confidence that your father would not say no to the younger one. Yeah? And you know, we're like that. You know, when it's small child, just come. Can we? Go and watch, go and watch, go and watch. <laughs> Maybe that one is not ready to even watch. It's just the elder brother who sent, sent him or her. Now, how does that relate to us? That younger child is coming to you in her mind. You cannot say no. The older one is coming with the mind that they will ask me, have I read my school book? They will ask me, have I arranged my house? Now, the older one is coming with a lot of reasons why you will say no. The younger one, no will be like a surprise. In fact, when you say no, you say, eh, what did you say? Like, no is not the answer. The, the, are, are you following what I'm saying? So, when we see prayers, we shouldn't see it like a God who has one million and one reasons not to answer us. God wants our joy to be full. God wants your prayers answered. God doesn't take pleasure in denying you answers. So, the question now is, why don't we see answers to prayers? What are the hindrances to our prayers? But I want you to first of all understand that God wants to answer your prayers. Can we say that together? Say, God wants to answer my prayers so that my joy may be full. God wants your joy full. Are you hearing this? It's a a foundational understanding. Now, the problem now is, if there is a hindrance, that means it is not on the part of God. If there's a problem, it is not on God's part. Because what does God want? He wants our prayers answered so that our joy will be full. So, what are some of the hindrances? You know, I, I, I mean, I was studying this yesterday night and I was feeling like I put some very scriptural <laughs> things and then the Holy Spirit 
dropped something in my heart this morning. It was so basic that I was feeling like, no, this cannot be it. But let's look at this. What's a hindrance? A hindrance is something that makes it more difficult for you to do something or for something to develop. So a hindrance is like a stumbling block that, that stops you from uh, getting something. Okay? means to hinder. Now, this is what the Holy Spirit dropped in my heart. What are some of the basic hindrances to, to, to prayers? Basic. Basic. Let's look at this quote, first of all. Write it down and don't ever forget it. Champions are masters of the basics. Champions are masters of the basics. Praise God. When you say... <clears throat> How many of you play table tennis here? A bit. Hmm? Just a bit. Okay. When you say somebody is a master table tennis champion, it does not mean the person doesn't know how to serve. Because you cannot be a master if you don't know how to serve. Or if you say, for instance, uh, Mr. XYZ is the FIFA player of the year. And you say, you know, that guy is such a good player, he doesn't know how to pass. How many of you know that will not happen? Because if you're a good player, you must know how to do what? To pass. Which means that you cannot be a champion if you're not a master of the basics. So, the, now, I, I want you to have that quote, right? Somewhere in your, in your notes, in your heart. Now, when we now talk about basic hindrances to prayers, you've got to reverse the teaching to say, listen, if I'm going to be a champion in the place of prayer... Then I have to master these basics. I have to overcome these basics. Because I'm not just talking about, like I said, since we started this series, God is a good God. His reign comes on the just and the unjust. So we're not just talking about prayers that everybody just pray and then they get answers. No, we're talking about people now who have developed and moved in the art of prayer that are beginning to pray specifically for things, God is beginning to trust them with kingdom assignments. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I'm not talking about casual seekers here. Oh God, help me. Oh Father, who do I run to? No, no, that's not. You, you have answers to that. We're talking about where you are now specific about things. Where you are now deliberate about your prayer life. Number one hindrance, sleep. You laughed, right? That's the same way I laughed when the Holy Spirit put it. I didn't have this in my notes. I added it this morning. Sleep. Sleep. I'm not saying you should sleep. I'm saying sleep is one of the hindrances. <laughs> you know why? This is the phrase the Holy Spirit put on my inside. A prayer that is not said cannot be answered. Let's think about that. Right? Have you ever thought about that? A prayer that is not said cannot be answered. What that means is that if you're sleeping so much you are not praying, there is even nothing for God to answer. So what's the number one hindrance to are getting answers to prayer? Sleeping. We're in problem, but we're too tired to pray. So write this phrase down. A prayer, two quotes, I want you to take champions and masters of the basics. Write this down. A prayer not said cannot be answered. A prayer that's not said cannot be answered. Two scriptures. 
Matthew chapter 26. And I'm like, wow, this is true. How many times should we have gotten in the place of prayer? And then we realize that we are too tired to pray. Matthew 26, 40. And I'm like, God, and this, this scripture came up in my heart. That's why sometimes as a minister of the gospel, when you have prepared your message, spend some time praying. The Holy Spirit will just reveal certain things to you. I never thought of this. <laughs> as, and, and the Lord said, well, you're talking about basic. This is basic. This is, this, is, this is where people need to start from. To conquer sleep so they can pray. Because you know why? Most of us pray very early in the morning when we're still feeling sleepy. When we really don't want to get out of bed. Oh God, Father, we thank you. Today's a new day. Do what you have always been doing. You are the God that changes not. And you know something? Many people, instead of praying, will start singing. How many of you know songs are not prayers? No, no, no. When you pray, say. Hmm? To sing is to worship before the Lord. Prayer is definite. And many times I've had to tell people in the choir these because I, I grew up with people who were in the music ministry and they had, they had songs on their phones. They spent time listening to songs. They didn't spend time putting the word in their life. And I told them, when trouble comes, all of you will collapse. Because song doesn't impact faith. The word does. Praise God. You know, I remember one time, <laughs> I, I, I mean, I was with a couple of my friends and we were going through, through some stuff that time in school and everything. And a lot of them were singing people. And you know, they would come, they would sing all these songs. And, and, and the prayer, I had to stop them. I said, listen, these songs you're singing, they sound good, but they are not imparting faith in our hearts. Hmm? Then they had this, uh, I almost let go. I, I thought I couldn't make it. Yeah, I, I almost let go, but you held me. I almost gave up. I said, no, no. If we keep singing, we almost give up. We would have a victim mindset. The word says we're more than conquerors. The word says he leads us in triumph. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And the feeling is different. When we start quoting and saying the word, faith arises in our heart. When we start singing, I almost let go, but you held me. I almost, oh, we start crying. I almost give up. No, 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 no. You will give up sometimes singing that song. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I'm not saying you shouldn't sing, but then what does the word say about that situation? Let the weak say. Come on, what should the weak say? What should the weak say? Some, some songs are embalmed with unbelief. And you should stop singing them. Any song that a Christian song is not a song that has Jesus in it. A Christian song is a song that is consistent with the truth of biblical realities. There are some songs you'll never get me to sing. Very good, but it will not come out of my mouth. You know why? It's not consistent with the word of God. Praise the name of the Lord. Okay. Where were we? 2640. Alright, we're looking at sleep. Uh, look at this. <laughs> Let's look at verse 36. 
Yep, 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 yep. Let's, let's start from verse 39. And he went a little beyond them and fell on his face and prayed, saying, and prayed, saying, My father, if it is possible, let this call pass from me. Yet not as I will, but as you will. And he came to the disciples and find them sleeping. And said to Peter, So you men could not keep watch with me for one hour. They were supposed to be praying with Jesus. Hmm? Say, pray. Let's go pray. Come on, guys. Let's go pray. And Jesus went a bit further from them to have a bit of privacy with God and started praying. He came back. Three matured men were snoring. <laughs> and Jesus said, you could not watch with me for one hour. <laughs> Look at what happened. Look at verse 41. Keep watching and praying that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit is willing. Come on. What's the next verse? What's the next line? That flesh that is weak is the number one hindrance to prayer. Your flesh. Your flesh loves sleep more than what? Prayer. But you know what? When trouble comes, that flesh will not want to sleep. But when there is no trouble, the discipline of getting up your flesh to pray becomes an issue. I'll give an example. If they say someone is in the hospital now and is an emergency, you realize what will happen? Sleep will fly from your eyes. You will be praying. You will not sleep. You will pray. Whatever. At that time, most of the prayer at that time is out of fear. Hmm? You won't even have words to pray anymore. You have a Father, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Jesus, have mercy. Anywhere we have seen mercy. Mercy, Lord, mercy. mercy. <laughs> you just pray. And you can stay like that throughout the night. But when nothing is wrong, when you should have built up faith and prayer and altered things so that even that thing shouldn't happen, what happened? Sleep. Come on, is this a deep revelation? It's deep. Hmm? He says, you, you better stay up and pray so that that temptation that is coming, you will not fall into it. No, you prefer to sleep. And you see that it happened to them. Because when the temptation to cut somebody's ear came, Peter fell into it headlong and enter. Denied Jesus. Rejected Jesus. I mean, how can Peter say that he did not know Jesus? I mean, you, you know, sometimes you see some lies and you are like, no, 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 no. Add a bit of truth to this lie. They say you were with Jesus. I, I, don't, I don't know him. Je Peter, how was Jesus able to forgive Judas and forgive Peter? Because Jesus lived as a man. Because he spent time praying. If you don't spend time praying, you will not be able to forgive. When you see somebody who is your friend calls you Judas and is betraying you and you say friend. You're going to the cross and this is your disciple that you say will take over from you. Say he did not know. You say that, that, that thing I promise you. That thing I Let me go to the cross and come. You will die. <laughs> you know why the flesh likes being weak? It keeps you where Satan can always have advantage over you. Are you following this now? We're looking at basic hindrances to prayer. We're not looking at big things. Just basic. Look at this. Let's read on. He went away a second time and prayed, saying, My father, if this cannot pass away unless I drink it, your will be done. 
Again, he came and found them sleeping, for their eyes were heavy. This was not small sleep. Their eyes were heavy. How many times have we had heavy eyes when we should pray? Hmm? How many times have we fallen asleep in the place of prayer? As well as those of you who like praying on your bed. Say, don't worry, I'll just be praying here. And the way you wake up is 4.30. Say, Father, thank you. Even the things I did not pray, you know them, Lord. You know everything. No, he knows everything, but he said you should ask. Don't cover your laziness in prayers with the sovereignty of God. That's manipulation. You're trying to manipulate God into doing something when you don't want to follow the rules. He said, ask. Why don't you just ask? Oh, Father, who are we? Mere mortar. I'm just a worm. What can I ask you? You know everything. No. You are not a worm. You are created in the image of God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? If you are a worm, don't come to church. We don't have churches for worms. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You see, because every time we get into that spirit of laziness, we start saying things that are not consistent with scriptures because we don't want to do the work. Their eyes were heavy. Sleep. They didn't pray. And you know, most of us thought, if I had been with Jesus, ah, forget is a lie. Maybe when they are, when they are reading about you, they, they, your own, they will not look at your eyes. They say, if their eyes were heavy and they were snoring. They would have added that to your own translation. How many times does this flesh of us deny us from having victory in Christ because we cannot discipline it? To pray. And, and you ask yourself this very simple question, right? Oh, Amen. Ask yourself this very simple question. What do you... Do you realize that when you decide you don't want to pray again, you don't feel asleep? Sleep will go. That's to tell you that there's something the enemy wants to prevent you from getting victory. You should just ask yourself a simple question. Huh? When you are watching movies, one hour, you don't feel asleep. Watching football, you don't feel asleep. Anything else, you don't feel asleep. You know, sometimes even when you don't feel asleep, you know your mind does not go to prayer. Even if you are not feeling asleep, right? What will your mind go to? Many other things except prayer. Let me tell you this. I'm not saying, I I don't say this to judge you, but if you cannot pray for at least an hour, you're just lazy. That's, That's how loving I can say it. What does it take to pray for an hour? Nothing but discipline. Start with 15 minutes. Hmm? After, just tell yourself, I'll pray for 15 minutes. After 15 minutes, tell yourself again, I just did 15 minutes. I'll do another 15 minutes. Do it before you know. You pray for an hour. Say, what will you be praying? Pray in tongues. I hope you won't say your tongues will finish. Discipline yourself. Nobody starts praying with a, uh, uh, an hour because they were born that way. That's how I learned to pray for long. You know, sometimes we have a, tra- a prayer and travel this Friday. We pray for two hours straight. 
How do you think I lead prayers for two hours straight and I don't get tired? You think if I don't do that in my own personal life, I'll be able to do it publicly? You never can do something publicly that you don't do privately. How do you think I can lead prayers for two hours non-stop, just praying, leading and praying in tongues non-stop? Because I do that in my private life. And how do I do it? Intentionally. Sometimes I'm praying. I remember the first time I prayed for an hour. Man, I closed my eyes. I prayed. In my mind, I say, ah, it's one hour, ten minutes. Open my eyes, fifteen minutes. <laughs> I thought my watch was not working. Eh? Because when you're doing things that will make you grow, time is slow. When you're doing things that will not make you grow, time is fast. When you're watching movies, ah, this movie has finished. Is there part two? Say no. And the movie you're asking for part two was 90 minutes. One hour, 30 minutes. You were not satisfied. And you know when you pray for one hour, 30 minutes, you feel like you have done God a favor. Say, God, for the rest of this month, be subtracting minutes from my subscription. Sleep. Again, he found them sleeping, for their eyes were heavy. And he left them again. And went away and prayed a third time, saying the same thing once more. Then he came to his disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Look at this phrase. Huh? That's the question God is asking us. Are you still sleeping and resting? Because sometimes rest can be the excuse for not praying. Ah, let me just rest. Hmm? Inside of your spirit, there's a willingness to pray. Are you still sleeping and resting? Behold, the hour is at hand. The Son of Man is being betrayed into the hands of sinners. Get up, let us be going. Behold, the one who betrays me is at hand. Imagine having prayer warriors. Meanwhile, they are sleeping warriors. Do you realize how Jesus was praying here? Hebrews tells us that in the days of his flesh, he, he offered prayers with groanings and utterance. The Bible says Jesus was praying and the, the sweat from his, from his brow was like the drops of blood. Imagine you walking with a man. He goes to the garden to pray. The first time he came, you see sweat like drops of blood. You still could sleep. The flesh is bad, I'm telling you. Let's read another scripture. Show you something here. Basic hindrances to prayer. Champions are masters of the basics. A prayer not said cannot be answered. A prayer not said cannot be answered. That issue in your life, have you taken time to pray about it? Or you're just sleeping on it, assuming it will go away? In the realm of the spirit, we don't wish things. We make things happen. Are you hearing this? Come on, I said, are you hearing this? Especially we, men, hmm? we need to discipline ourselves. Because sometimes we only feel that our responsibility to the house is just to make money. Why the women are the ones to pray? They go and pray with your children. Just come back from work. I'm tired. Know what I've been doing since morning. <laughs> if you would even spend time praying 
God will tell you where to go and what to do so you will not be that tired. God wants to help you. He wants your joy to be full. Praise God. Come on. Are you, are you learning something this morning? Say amen if you are. Mark 1.35 I'm taking this series very slowly because I don't want anybody to miss anything. Sleep. Number one hindrance. Are you still sleeping and resting? Because most times, I say most of us, we don't have time to pray effectively because we either want to pray very early in the morning when we're just waking up and not fully alert, or most of us pray late at night when we're about going to bed. You know what I'll, I'll suggest to you? Why don't you, maybe after dinner, why don't you take time to finish praying and then come back and do whatever you want to do? Even if it's 30 minutes, quality prayer time with the Father. Hmm? Quality prayer time with the Father. Quality prayer time with the Father. It'll help you. Because a lot of the answers we need are in the place of prayer. That's why I read the first scripture we read. If we really believe that God wants our joy to be full, if we really believe that in the place of prayer we can have victory, we will prioritize prayer. Praise God. We will give it quality time. You will take some Saturdays and have a prayer retreat. Hmm? Look at this. Mark 1.35 In the early morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up. While it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went to a secluded place and was praying there. Can you see that? While it was still dark, what did Jesus do? What did Jesus do? He got up. Everybody say, he got up. You see this issue of gotten up? To get up and pray is one of the hindrances. You know, sometimes people say this is when the sleep is sweet. Hmm? 4.30. 5. Have you ever set an alarm to pray? How many of you have experienced that? Ah, going to pray by 4. You know, after hearing a message like this, set the alarm by 4. Then when it's four o'clock, he has, <laughs> you look at the look at the phone, looking for the snooze button. <laughs> and when there's no snooze button, you just put it under the under the mattress, under the pillow, under the duvet. You just be hearing it very faintly. It will even aid your sleep. You can't get up. And you know what happens? That day passes by, no prayer. So I ask a question. What should God answer that day? How many, of you, how many of you really see that we're living by the mercy of God? And that mercy is the rain that falls on the just and the unjust. You want to move beyond that realm. You want to go beyond the realm of just mercy keeping you. The same mercy that an unbeliever has access to. You want to move beyond that. You want to get into kingdom victory. Because we said, remember what we said? A prayer not said cannot be answered. So if you don't get up to pray, what are your angels going to work on that day? What's God going to answer? We don't serve a wicked God. We serve a good God. How many of your children have you met and said, listen, if you just need something, ask. Hmm? Do you, some of you who have 
many kids, maybe two, three kids. All of them have their different personalities. <laughs> their children you go, in, you go into the shop with, the shopping mall with. Hmm? They are masters at pointing. I want this one. I want that one. Eh? Then you have the quiet ones. They'll be following you. They'll be looking at something. You know in their heart they want this thing. But if you are like me, I'm like God. A prayer not said cannot be answered. Hmm? Are you following this? Whether you look at it wrongly or rightly, sometimes people who ask a lot get a whole lot more. Now, don't, don't, don't now say I'm a master of asking. Don't, don't go that way. We're looking at from the place of prayer. People who get on their knees the most accurately get more victories in their lives. Because that's the way it's been designed. Ask and you shall receive. Praise God. So Jesus got up very early. So that means Jesus disciplined his flesh so that sleep would not take a hold of him. That's why when you want to, first of all, get into the prayer flow, you must make sure, for instance, if you are getting up in the morning to pray, don't pray on your bed. Don't pray around where your bed is. Move out a little bit. Huh? See, he, Jesus moved out of the house. These things are not written there just because the Bible needed. He wasn't trying to do what counts. We can learn from every, every one of these things. Leave that space. Sometimes when I'm praying in the compound, I just put in my worship music in my ear and I pace around the compound. I just walk around the compound praying. Praying. Just praying. Huh? Don't kneel by your bed. Immediately you just left the bed. Don't kneel by your bed. Because before you know, you will soon stretch. And some of you are very funny. You will not, you will not fold the pillow. Oh, Father. Oh, Father. <laughs> oh, Father. Then you will start hearing your own voice in dream, in the dream. Counting, Father, you are gone. Then as you wake up, you realize, oh, children need to go to school. It has ended your prayer for the day because you realize that from that moment till you come back, it's business upon business upon business upon business. And you're asking yourself, so what do you want God to do for you today? Nothing was asked. Nothing was spoken. Nothing was said. What? Emotion. These things look very simple. But remember what we said, champions are what? Masters of the basic. What would happen in your life if you get up every time and you pray, and you speak words, and you do that daily, you would experience victories. Number two, we're looking at basic hindrances to prayers. And like we established before, the hindrance is not on the side of God. Hmm? You know, sometimes the Holy Spirit can tap you to pray, but not you have to still get up yourself. The Holy Spirit will tap you to pray, and you get up to pray. And, and, and you know, we talked about this, right? If you do this consistently, after a while, naturally, your body will get up at that time and you'll feel like praying. You can train yourself spiritually. Praise God. Are you following this? 
Don't let sleep overshadow your prayer life. Prayer is important. Don't pray from always a place of tiredness. Not every time you are praying, you are tired. It's important to your life. It's important to your destiny. Learn to prioritize it. Praise God. Now, the next thing, hindrance to prayer, not having a scheduled time to pray. Not having a scheduled time to pray. If you can, get on our website and get the series How to Develop a Consistent Prayer Life. I've taught that sometimes last year. Get that series. It will help you. I think that's just one message. How to develop a consistent prayer life. Go to Daniel chapter 6 and verse 10. We're looking at... Thank you, Lord. Daniel 6, 10. Now, Daniel knew that the document... What document was that? Now the king has said... They shouldn't worship any other God. If they catch you praying, they're going to throw you into the lion's den. <laughs> you know, if you don't have a prayer life before, they now say if you catch you praying, they'll throw you into the lion's den. There'll be nothing to catch you with. Oh, they catch you with. Thank God. See, God knows why I, I pray in my mind. <laughs> a, a dear minister of God said, that if we are looking for evidence to convince some Christians, they will not find enough evidence. Look at what Daniel did. Now when Daniel knew that the document was signed, he entered his house, now in his roof chamber, he had a window open towards Jerusalem, because they had to pray towards Jerusalem. This was the Old Testament. They had to pray facing the temple. And he continued kneeling on his knees. How many times? Three times a day doing what? Praying and giving thanks before his God as he had done what? Previously. Can you see that? That means previously Daniel prayed how many times a day? Three times. You know why? Because the Jews were required to pray three times a day. Scheduled prayer. It was a culture. So he couldn't even stop. If I ask you, when is your prayer time? See, when I feel led. When last did you feel led? Oh, six months ago. Do you have a prayer time? Do you have a prayer time? What is not scheduled cannot be measured. Why don't you schedule an appointment with God? I know you can pray anytime. But I tell you this, if you want to be a mighty man for God... You cannot just restrict your prayer time to when you are washing the ditches. Hmm? Father, we thank you. Lord, we thank you. Father, we thank you. Lord, we thank you. Then your husband comes. Ah, what are we eating? Say, it's a movita. <laughs> what are you eating? Your child will come, hold you. Mommy, I want cartoon. Child, child, the two sisters. Father, we thank you. Like, <laughs> and, and you think that's what's going to give you victory in this life? Eh? Or when you are... When you are Bathing and there's shower gel in your mouth. <laughs> and God is just worried. Eh? Those should be, you know how we eat, right? You know how we eat, like we eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner, right? Then in between, we do what? We snack, right? Those should be your snack, your prayer snack. 
That can be your, your main prayer life can be on top of ditches. But you know the funny thing about life? When trouble comes, that's when people want to. You, you think God is merciful. When trouble comes, people, ah, Father, we will not let you rest. <laughs> and God say, but I've been resting since you were alive. Huh? We like this emergency approach to life. When there's no trouble, why don't you take time and pray to prevent trouble? He says, pray so you will not fall into temptation. Hmm? You can't live a victorious life. By being unscheduled. If you, if you gain... For, you know the funny thing about life? If you become a manager in any realm, like in uh, your career, or you are... The first thing your workers... Your, sorry, your organization teaches you is what? Schedule. Schedule. How many of you know we have schedules for everything? Especially when you are working at top management. It's when you are... This is a kind of job. You can show up anytime. See what happened? Just as I was coming, I saw one, one man. The man now said, uh, there might not be work today. And I said, it might be true. You know, it's people who have some kind of funny jobs that have all those kind of excuses. When you are employed with high, high level job, you have your schedule, you have your deliverables. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That's how it is in the kingdom. If you want to be a mighty man for God, your prayer must be what? On schedule. Three times a day, this guy knelt before and faced Jerusalem and prayed. As he had done previously. When is your prayer time? What's your prayer schedule? What are you praying for? Are you deliberate about your prayers? Hmm? Can you tell yourself, I want to pray 30 minutes every day for the next 20 days and I'll keep the schedule. Or you just look for spare time and pray. Spare time. Say, when do you pray? Say, I don't know. But I pray. Try my best. Can your best give you victories? Are you following this? Can you see that some these things look very basic, but they are major hindrances to our prayer life? Schedule. Prayer time not scheduled. Acts 3.1. Let's look at this now. I want to keep this I don't want to rush this because it's very important so I want to keep it at just these two points for today next Sunday we'll look at two more points so we'll have four in all I don't want to rush it I want the message to sink in so that next time when sleep is coming you'll be hearing my voice Uh, I'll pray that God will, will not only send you this message God will keep this message inside your spirit. Every time you don't have a scheduled prayer time, the angels will play it back. Because God wants you to have victories. Acts 3.1 Now Peter and John were going up to the temple at the ninth hour. What was the ninth hour? The hour of what? Of prayer. These were the disciples of Jesus. They say, hey, guys, let's go to the temple. This time for prayer meeting. And every time you read the book of Acts, you see that prayer time, the ninth hour. They went to pray. It was time of prayer. When, when, when uh, Paul was gathered to those women, he says, oh, there were women who gathered together to pray in the evening. Had prayer time. The ninth hour was the hour of prayer. 
What is your own hour of prayer? When is your hour of prayer? When can everybody around you know at this time this guy should be praying? Now sometimes you may have a very busy schedule. But listen, if you can have a track of your schedule, you should have a track of when to pray. You fit it in there. Right there. When your schedule changes, you adjust that, you get your hour of prayer in there. Because I tell you this, if you never schedule the hour of prayer, you might go days without praying. Praise God. You know, even as a pastor, the Holy Ghost has to deal with me concerning this. Because you can get so busy in the ministry that you neglect your prayer time. You know what the disciples, Acts chapter 6, they told the... Uh, when the, they started quarreling about food, Acts chapter 6, they said we cannot neglect... Let's read it, Acts 6. We're in Acts already. Let's take it straight to house number 6. Let's look at verse 4. Just there, Acts 6, 4. But we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of what? Of the word. Go to verse 2. So the twelve summoned the congregation of disciples and said, It is not desirable for us to neglect the word of God in order to serve tables. If you're called into the ministry, you must be careful not to neglect the word and prayer to be serving tables. You can get caught up in administration. It's the same thing in your own life. You can get caught up hmm, with other things in your life and you neglect the word and prayer. Have you learned anything this morning? Schedule your prayer time. Let me speak to you wives hmm, and husbands. Sometimes I think women, not women now, we men, we, we need to help our wives so that marriage does not make them go down spiritually. And, and how, do we, how do we help our, our wives there? We need to be asking them, have you prayed? Mm. Because you find out that sometimes for, for, for women, uh, uh, for wives and women now, they can move from the, the house chores. It's from one to the other. You get children ready. Right? And they are thinking what will the children eat when they come from school. So they get lunch ready. Then they are thinking of dinner. And as they are going to dinner, they are thinking of when they wake up. Huh? What are they going to eat? And you can move from kitchen to kitchen and then all of that. And before you know, you are too tired to pray. And as you just lay there and say, Father... Who am I to ask you for anything? You know everything we want. Guide us. Lead us. Protect us. Let no evil eye see us. At, at the, that's why you are still praying in 2021. Let no evil eye see us. Any evil eye to send us. Amen. You have, that's your prayer for the day. You are prayed for the day. Then you get up. Oh God, bless our going out. Bless our coming in. That we, well, at the end of the day, we'll have the cost to return the glory to you. <laughs> you are praying. That's your prayer for it. You see, you, 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 even if you are God, you ask yourself, okay, so what have you? You know, you just look for one word to summarize everything. At least, 
Going out covers everything, Abi. Coming in covers everything, Abi. At the end, you have cause to glorify your holy name. Three words. That, that's the summation of your prayer life. Hmm? Then you can even just end it up. What God cannot do does not exist. You have prayed. And that is done. It's done. Eh? God wants to change nations. God wants to heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, and bring the gospel to the nations of the earth. With what we have just prayed now, can we get that done? And you know the, the funny thing about human beings? When things go wrong, who is the number one person we blame? God. Why did you allow it? God says, I gave you authority on the earth. You didn't use it. I gave you authority to stop things. I gave you authority to interfere in things. I gave you authority to speak to the mountains. You neither spoke. You neither prayed. You did nothing. What should I answer? Remember what, what did we say about prayers not prayed? They cannot be answered. I want to challenge you today. You know what? God has good plans for us. God wants our joy to be full. Let's take away this hindrance. Let's reduce. Don't, no, I'm not saying reduce your sleep. But don't let sleep take your prayer time. Have a time for sleep. Have a time for prayer. Praise the name of the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We come before you today, Lord, and we know that there are areas we've failed where this is concerned. We're asking, Holy Spirit of God, that you would help us. And in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray that strength will be impacted to us. And we'll take these lessons and just build on them. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Um, while we get our offerings ready, please remember the announcement I, I made earlier. If you, if you feel um, called and led to the children's ministry, we want Thank you for listening to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. We encourage you to share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. We would like to hear from you. Send us an email, info at pastormax.ng. Or you can call 0805-888-7575. God bless you.